as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold. <laughs> Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Hey, it's Josh. Thanks so much for listening to Econics Talks. Whether you're brand new to the show and to me, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, as you know, managing a podcast takes a ton of time when you're independent. If you've enjoyed the show, whether it's just an episode or many and want to support, you can buy me a coffee. This will help cover expenses and make it just a little easier so I can continue to give you guys the best content possible. Click the link in the show notes or description that says support if you'd like to contribute. And again, thank you guys for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. Today we have Antonio Dows out of Tampa on the show today. So welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you so much for coming by. Um, Antonio is he's he has a, a very interesting story, and we're we're gonna get yeah. into that. But uh, most importantly, or more importantly, he is a business lawyer. So today we're actually going to be breaking down business structure. Uh, taxes. So he's also a tax attorney as well. And he, he's bomb.com, man. Antonio is, he's native and he's he's from, from Tampa. He's born, born and raised. raised. There you go. Born and raised here. So he's definitely yeah. one of one of Tampa's own. So without further ado, we are going to go ahead and get started with the interview. So my first question to you, Mr. Dows, mm-hmm. um, tell me a little bit about your your story as far as just you know, why you wanted to become a lawyer, you know, what your passion is as far as business is concerned. So we'll start with that one. Well, I'm going to give you the the skinny on it. Um, I never actually thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I went to school to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor ever since I was six. Um, So I was a biology major, did all the chemistries and the organic chemistries. I was excited. Um, My last semester, actually, I um, went and volunteered at a pediatric center and found out I didn't like uh, being with crying kids all day. So um, I actually um, decided that I wanted to change my major. They allowed me to change my major at uh, UF, go Gators, and um, end up uh, majoring in sport management. And um, I wanted to be a sports agent. So then uh, one of my mentors told me um, that I should go to law school to learn contracts and, you know, learn about negotiations and other types of laws that, you know, affect athletes, not just about what you see on TV with the money, you know, it's other aspects of it. So I took it, took it advice, uh, went to law school down to Miami and then, um, end up uh, being a general counsel after I found out I didn't want to be a sports agent. And to me, that was like babysitting. Uh, just, I didn't get that 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 uh excitement that i used to so um I, yeah i just ended up falling into being a lawyer um took the bar because i was like well i went to law school so let me just take the bar end up passing it so i was like hey i'm gonna practice and then um really um corporate and business law really uh struck me and then you know i like doing that type of stuff i'm um uh, 
hands-on. Um, I like puzzles. And a lot of times people come with uh, come to me with problems, you know, especially uh, in the business aspect. And it's fun to, to you know, help them, um, you know, be able to achieve what they want legally and uh, be able to protect everybody. Right. And that's extremely important is, you know, as far as protection. Um, so and thank you for answering that question. So I want I want to discuss Obviously, you, you've you gone through some things in your life that, mm-hmm. you know, that the average person hasn't seen yeah, and, you know, yeah. the average person hasn't had to deal with. Yeah. So um, would you mind telling us your story just about your your adversity that you've had to overcome and and kind of like how you ended up here today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, a skinny because we could be here for a couple of hours, you know, talking about. Uh, my life, I don't like to talk about it that much. So I give people the skinny most of the time. But long story short, like you said, I'm here from from Tampa. Um, grew up with a single mom. She had three kids. Um, so, you know, I grew up watching her work hard. So I always said that, you know, I wanted to be somebody special. Um, so I always listened to my grandma. All the older people told me to, you know, put put um, academics um, first, you know, even though I was really good at sports. And um, so I did that. So I, I made, uh, you know, education number one. Um, so I just knew that, you know, after if I end up playing, you know, in the NFL, because I was really good at, at, at um, football, um, that there is life after football, of course. So I always, you know, made education number one. Uh, well, when I was in uh, my junior year of high school, I was running track um, just to stay in shape. And we actually made it to the um state track meet you know at that night uh, it was regional track meet and when i was coming home right after getting my car at the high school i was coming home here in tampa going north on uh, 301 if you guys know the area and it was like two o'clock in the morning so i was real tired you know you're in you're running track you know at at, uh for about 12 hours you there at the, the track meet essentially and so i was tired coming home and um, I ended up falling asleep while I was driving. And then I um, ran the, the red light and ended up hitting a semi-truck trailer, like running right underneath it. So um, I woke up and had blood and glass all over my face and stuff like that. Looked down, couldn't even move my hands, couldn't move my legs. Um, and I kept blacking out. And then they had to airlift me to Tampa General um, here in Tampa and uh, end up uh, having to do emergency surgery. And then when I woke up, you know, they told me that I was a quadriplegic. So that means I can't move basically 80% of my body. So I can't move my fingers or anything below my chest, Uh, but I make it happen. You know, like I said, that happened in my junior year in high school. But uh, like I said, I'm a a grandma's boy. So she always told me, you know, you you always have adversity, but you know, if you want something, you're going to get it. And God definitely going to, you know, see you through. So, I took that and ran with it, you know, um, you know, graduating uh, top 10 in my class in high school and I'm going to uh, UF and then, you know, subsequently uh, law school. And here I am today. And that's and that's awesome. And that's that's one of the most he's one of the one of the brothers that I, I met um, with a very powerful testimony. Um, and if you know him personally, he is definitely one of the one of the hardest working individuals that I know personally. Um, and, and it's just, it's awesome to to see that um, about his story. And, and it's crazy because it, I wish we had time for him to tell actually the cool part of the cool, coolest parts about his story. But, you know, we'll say that for another day. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of, of stuff. There. We could be here for hours, man. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, that was definitely a, a challenge for you. And, 
Yeah. And I can't even imagine, you know, the things that you've had to to overcome. I still do, man. Still do, Shit. right? And every day. Always. It's always. So so I, and I definitely understand that just, you know, being around you and seeing it firsthand. So now moving on on to, to business. How have you seen business in your life? Like what what drew you to to business law? What drew you to that, you know, particular um practice? Uh, like I said, I, I just, I love business. I just knew, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to say I wanted to run my own business. You know, everybody, uh, you know, deep down, you know, I feel like they want to own something and, you know, run something to see, you know, to challenge themselves and, to, you know, be proud of something that they've built themselves. Um, so that always really intrigued me. And then when I was basically taking business law class, I just, that, that just stuck with me. That was something I'm like, this is cool. All my other friends in, in the same class, they thought it was boring, all that dry stuff. But I'm, you know, I, I do taxes too. So I guess, you know, I'm, I'm cool, but I like that dry stuff, the compliance stuff. And, you know, that really, you know, um, um, intrigues me. It excites me, you know, and like I said, even though it seems like it's dry, um, it's a lot of complexities to it, you know, based on the different structures, people on different stuff. And, uh, you know, there's always different ways to skin a cat. So I love to not only give them one option, but give them multiple options and stuff. And that, that, that takes some thinking, you know, it takes some creativity. And sometimes you are very restricted by the law. But, you know, that, 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 again, that, that, that basically forced you to be creative and, you know, um, think of different ways to, you know, achieve what your client wants. That's awesome. So what are some of the challenges that you see, like common challenges that you see in a lot of small businesses? Um, Just uh, not being educated. You know, people just think that, oh, I can just start a business and not even, you know, either consulting an attorney. Um, A lot of times you can do it by your, you know, you don't need an attorney, but just you have a phone, right? You just go and Google stuff and they tell you this is what you have to do. They send you a link. But a lot of people, they don't try to educate themselves, right? Education is very important. Um, So a lot of people start businesses and they don't they don't try to protect their their personal assets, which we're going to, you know, I think we're going to go through that tonight. And, uh, you know, ultimately, if something happened, then they're personally liable. And it's, it only starts with you being educated. So that's that's one of the big things as far as education. And that leads to other things as far as management, um, you know, and planning. Uh, that's that's another big one. You know, a lot of people don't like to plan. Uh, they just like to jump out there and then just think, hope that success is just going to hit them in the face. When you know, I already know <laughs> that ain't how it happens. So no, you gotta not put at all. Work and you got to plan. So those those are two biggest things: education and planning. Okay, okay. You know, and it's it, education is is so important, guys. You know, when we talk about education, anybody that starts a business. Um, whatever industry you're in, you should be eating, sleeping, and breathing that stuff. I mean, yep. constantly um, being up to date with what's going on in your in your industry. Who are the market leaders? Um, you know, what are they doing right? How are they making their money? And you imitate that, and then you take pieces of what success other successful businesses do, and then from there, you don't recreate the wheel. You just make it your own. Um, and so that's that's the education piece and planning. You know, I see a lot of people, a lot of people that I, from my experience, just don't, don't know what to ask. You know, it's, and that's just, that's one of the worst things I feel like <laughs> um, when you just don't know what to ask because you, you just don't know. You haven't been yeah. taught. Yep. Um, 
And so, you know, that's what we're going to, you know, break down tonight. So I want to, to break down business structures and, and, and we're going to go through each one of them, the most important ones. And we're going to talk about, you know, what types of businesses are typically associated with these types of business structures, what advantages they have. And then we're going to go ahead and transition into the taxes as well. So I'll first, I'll start breaking, or we'll start talking about, you know, a sole proprietorship. So what is a sole proprietorship? Uh, a sole proprietorship is the basic um, structure. You know, when you think of having a big business structure, um, there is essentially a person, you know, you doing a business under your own name, essentially. Um, there, you know, a lot of times when people get the 1099s, you know, uh, independent contractor, you essentially that's your being sole proprietor. Um, so that's the basic structure. Um, you're not covered legally, you know, so should you, you know, something happen, they can sue you and they can come after your personal assets. So that's the basic structure that you as an individual uh, running your own business. OK, so why would somebody choose or in what situation would someone choose a sole proprietorship? Uh, essentially, that that just being an independent contractor. So say if you uh, get hired by someone and. um um, you know, they just say, hey, you're going to be an independent contractor. You're not nine times out of 10. You're not going to have an LLC like, oh, yeah, well, this, I'm going to be doing business with my LLC with you. Generally, you just sign your name and just, all right, I'm going to do a cleaning service or whatever, you know, they have you doing. So that's generally, um, you know, that type of structure. And that's, the, that's generally what you see, you know, um, um, a sole proprietor. Um, existing, but I don't. I don't uh, recommend that. <laughs> uh, like I said, the key goal is to um, protect your assets. Um, so, regardless of how the structure is with you and an employer, um, if you're going to be an independent contractor, I would highly recommend that you start an LLC uh, to protect you should something happen. Thank you for that. So, what is a partnership? A partnership is essentially an agreement between two or more people or two or more businesses um, where they agree to share profits and loss, essentially. Okay. And in what situation should someone consider a partnership? Uh, If you want to go in in the business, stay with your friend. Um, If you want, if you have two smaller businesses and you guys want to do some limited, you know, joint venture, um, you can do a partnership or you can have a partnership, you know, that lasts forever. Um, But generally you'll see it like that where two people say, Hey, I want, let's come together, let's make it a partnership and, um, you know, run a business so we can share profits. Okay. And so then obviously this one, an LLC or a limited liability company is is a huge one. So we're, mm-hmm. we want to spend a little bit more time because most people will start an LLC. So yep, yep. what are some of the advantages or why would someone choose an LLC over a sole proprietorship or a partnership? Um, the first thing is as far as like the liability. So uh, a sole proprietor, there is no... Uh, uh, limit on your personal liability. So should you get uh, sued, they can come after your house, they can come after your car, you know, come after your personal assets. Um, um, uh, conversely, uh, LLC, you're making a legal entity that separates your personal assets, you know, uh, with your business assets. So you're making a, a completely different business. So should something occurs, um, then, you know, they'll sue that company and they can't essentially go after your personal assets. And the pro as far as having an LLC is the ease. It's very easy to start LLC. Um, Here in the state of Florida, there's very um, 
small restrictions as far as what law they have for you to conduct yourself at the LLC. Um, so you can get creative. So that's what I like with LLCs because then we can do a contract. How do y'all want to, you know, divvy out the profits and anything like that? Is there any other types of obligations? You know, um, just thinking about the, you know, the minutiae. That's that's the really fun part. Huh. He said minutiae. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for that. So um, in what cases, um, same question, would someone use an LLC? Like why, what businesses are typically associated with an LLC? Um, small to medium businesses, you know, especially ones that you're not trying to, um, I would say be on the stock exchange, uh, the sale stocks and things like that. Um, typically, if you're not going to do that, I, I rec- just recommend them to do an LLC because, um, like I said, easy um, to create. There's not many administrative requirements for you to, you know, uh, have the file. Um, there's only like the annual report and, you know, other small reports that you have to do uh, as opposed to. Um, you know, with a corporation, uh, which we'll get to, which have there's, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do with the corporation because you are dealing with security. So LLC is the general uh, route to go um, unless they want to, you know, like I said, expand and want to uh, sell securities to have people own it. OK. And that's and so obviously, guys, with LLCs, a lot of people have them. So mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the more common uh, business structures out there. Um, now we want to move on to a C corp. So I'll just we, we we can just cover the C corp and the S corp yeah. at the same time. You just want to yeah. compare the two. So can you explain the difference between a C corp and an S corp and and what advantages are yeah. associated with each one? Yeah. So let me start with so when when you generally see a corporation, so yada yada corp, right? There generally are a C corp. That's the C corp is they have probably have multiple types of stocks. Um, they sell them on the stock exchange and, you know, on the secondary market. Um, so that's generally what a C Corp is. What an S Corp is, is simply it's a smaller corporation. It's kind of like a hybrid between an LLC and a C Corp. Um, there's tax um, advantages uh, to S Corp. Uh, S Corp, you have you only can have up up to 100 shareholders. So it's very small, like a small, intimate uh, corporation. And then um, as far as taxes, you get taxed twice with a C Corp. Um, as far as S Corp, you only get taxed one. Can you once. explain? Can you explain like why someone would get taxed twice? Uh, as so to as far as corporation, that's the only one that gets taxed twice. Okay. Uh, because you get taxed at the corporation level. And then when if they give out money or dividends to the shareholders, then the shareholders get taxed. So that's what they mean by double taxation. Okay. Um, as far as S Corp, the profits and loss go straight to the members. So it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get uh, taxed at like the corporate level. It only it only gets taxed at the individual level. OK, that makes sense. So I have this is one of the questions that I've had for a while. Um why would someone start or is it possible for someone to start out as a C corp or an S corp as opposed to an LLC if they know where they want to go? So even if you don't have, you know, let's say you don't have any employees, um, you haven't made a dime it off of your business. Um, is it smart to start a C corp or an S corp? Yeah, it's smart to do it. But again, it's just a lot of formalities, right? Okay. Um, you got to have, you have to elect the directors. Um, you have to have your bylaws and all that type of stuff. So um, you also need an annual report. 
um, the shareholders um, uh, annual meeting you have to have. So those are required by the state. Um, so that, that's just that is a lot of management that you have to stay on top of with, um, you know, S Corp. You have to stay on top of um, all of them. But as far as having a, a C Corp, that has a lot of formality. So it's a lot of stuff. You know, you have to have secretaries. You have to have meetings. Um, so that's, that's the only reason people start off at the LLC and then they convert it to a C Corp when they're ready. And that's what I was going to ask you as well. Um, is it possible to start as like the sole proprietorship mm-hmm. or a partnership and transition it over into any other of those entities? Is that yeah. is that yeah. okay? Yeah. So you can either do something called um, a conversion. So you you know you convert the the you know original uh, structure to a new one, or you know you can actually create a new one that actually ends up you know buying the assets of it. So um, you know you, you can either merge it or you can. Uh, buy it out route outright. Um, but here in Florida, you can easily, um, you know, convert your uh, business from one structure to another one. Okay, great. And so now I want to move on to the nonprofit corporation. So mm-hmm. that's one that's not common, but a lot of people do start, you know, nonprofit. So it's why- more common than people think. Okay. Um, because people were reaching out to me um, last year a lot of people uh, thinking about starting a nonprofit because, you know, you don't get taxed on it and you're doing, you know, a, a public service. Um, so it's very important. That one, essentially, you can a lot of people when they think about a nonprofit, they think about it being a corporation. Um, one thing people don't know, you can be a nonprofit at the LLC. You can be a pro- uh, nonprofit at a C Corp and you can be a nonprofit at the S Corp. Can you uh, explain that? Oh, so the nonprofit is only. Uh, um, being taxed, right? So essentially, nonprofit meaning that you're not making any profit, so y- you get to conduct yourself tax free. Mm-hmm. So your entity will be an LLC, S corp, but as tax wise, when you become a nonprofit, when you think about that, that essentially is a 501c3. So you're getting a you know the tax benefits of not being taxed. So you can be an LLC, a C corp, or S corp. And, uh, you know, and, and still get the 501c3 tax, you know, being nonprofit, essentially. Oh, OK. That does make sense. Yeah. There's a business structure and then the business, how it's being taxed. Those are two separate things. So when you can be a nonprofit, that's, that's basically how you're being taxed, which is not at all. OK. That You know what? And when you when they have a nonprofit, that's exactly what yeah. they had a tax exemption form. That yeah. does make sense. So. Now that we've covered some of the business structure, I would like to talk about some business practices. So what I would like to discuss first, and I think a lot of people don't realize this is something that they really need in their business, but can you explain when and why it's important if you're partnering with someone or just in general, why an operating agreement, what it is, um, why it's important, how it protects your business, that kind of thing. Can you break that down for us? Yeah. So uh, operating agreement, essentially what it says is how you operate your business. Um, I recommend even if you are a single member LLC, you still need to operate an agreement because you are running your business like a real company. So you should do the formalities that, you know, it takes to run a business, um, especially your legal um, uh, formalities. Um the operating agreement, especially when you have multiple people, um, I always tell people that is to help you legally, just in case something happens, you have some kind of disagreement. That is a contract between you 
uh, as members as well as the company itself. So it restrict it, it it um it allows you to um do certain things and it also restricts you from doing certain things. So that's why it's very important to have an operating agreement because it dictates how you run your business and how you know um uh, duties and and other things are ran. Um mm-hmm. so since so so for example, say if you have you know two members in an LLC, um and one person contributes twenty thousand, another you know contribute ten thousand. And the operating agreement, you know, obligates you to, you know, make quarterly uh, deposits, right? And if one person doesn't do it, you can force that person to do it. Or uh, another example, if, you know, somebody wants to buy in, you have to go in accordance to the operating agreement. So you should always, you know, um, uh, make changes and um, you should always um, get an operating agreement before you um, create your business. Don't do it well after because... Then again, then you're basically at the mercy of the courts because then he said, she said um, kind of thing. So Right. And so obviously, you know, operating agreements are extremely important. So, guys, even if the person isn't on the business, even if they aren't listed on your LLC, let's say you're just just partnering with someone on a business venture. An operating agreement is what irons out those details, um, like he was saying, to you know, how, how you got, how payments are going to be made out. Um, I mean, you can even have, you can put pretty much anything in an operating agreement. It it, it pretty much, if you want it, if you want to iron out details on pretty much anything and how your business is run, that document is almost like your Bible for your business. It's essentially what it is because those are the rules that the two or whatever parties are in that agreement. You all collectively agree to these things and these are standards. So if there's ever a disagreement, you go back to the operating agreement because it's essentially there to hold you accountable and to keep you honest. Yeah. So so that's the purpose of it. So definitely if you're starting a business with someone or if you're thinking about bringing somebody on, look into getting an operating agreement. And let me clarify, um, operating agreements are for LLCs. Um, C-Corps and S-Corps have bylaws and partnership have partnership agreements. So those are all separate under their own, you know, um, um, purviews. But they do, I'm assuming they do the same same thing. thing. Yeah. They just call something different. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, in the state of Florida and other states and stuff like that, there's law, the statutes of what you can and can't put in certain, um, uh, you know, business structures. Um, and like I said, the C corps is more restrictive. So it's stuff that you can't put in there because it's against the law. Okay. So is an operating agreement, how does that differ from a contract just in general? Is there a difference? There's no difference. Like I said, it's a contract and agreement between the members as as well as the company. So that is a, a standard contract. Okay. So one of the questions that I get constantly, um, People always want to know how do I how do I not pay taxes? How do I like not do this or not do that? How do I you know avoid yeah. you know protecting yeah. the business? Can you explain only from a business structuring standpoint how um, someone would layer their business to because you know they have all these different kinds of ways? Mm-hmm. Can you break that process down? As far as layer, so when you protect your business and not say hide it, but you have an entity that owns that business. Oh yeah. So like, you know, you pierce it. Yeah. 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 So can you break that whole. Okay. You mean like a business owner of the business? Yes. Okay. So I I get that question a lot. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they have these dreams, you know, to have, 
you know, one parent company, because that's essentially what you're asking, um, a parent company owning subsidiaries. So that's all, you know, daughter and, and, and brother companies underneath it. Um, so the way you do that is you whatever structure you want to make it, you know, LLC, the parent company can be an LLC and S Corp. LLCs can own S Corps and S Corps can own LLCs and C Corps. They can own each other. Um, it's just, again, there's different tax benefits and, um, and advantages to, to, you know, each one of them. Um, but the way that you do that structure is you create the, the parent company. And then essentially when you create the, uh, subsidiary, you'll just have the parent company own it. So that, that's essentially, so the owner. So when you're on Sunbiz and have to, you know, uh, create that new company. You, when they say what a member, or you know, you can put an individual name or a company name, and that's essentially how you do it. You'll put the company names, so the company will own the subsidiaries. That's essentially how it works. So, if somebody sues that company, are you protected, or do they get the Each assets? One of them are protected. That's that's why you you know do that. Um, that that's that's a, an an advantage. So that's why people. Instead of having one company that do multiple things and they would probably do a doing business as so in Florida, that's called a fictitious name. Um, so you can have one business that do multiple things and be called multiple things. But again, if you get sued, you know, for one of those, uh, you know, business uh, streams or avenues, um, they'll sue the whole company. Um, conversely, if you have a parent company that that owns subsidiaries, one of the subsidiaries gets sued. Uh, generally, they'll only you know they'll they'll only go after that that subsidiary. Would they be allowed to go after the parent company as well, or Certain is that cases, case by case? Case by case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And can you explain how people put businesses into trusts? Business and trust. Yeah. Uh as far as owning, yeah. So that 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 that's that's another way of um, planning your estate, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you put the business in a trust, and then you have your beneficiary. So just say if you want your kids or grandkids or something like that, um, the the trust or so the shares or whatever how you own that actual business will be in a trust, and then, like I said, at some point, you know, the trust will become uh, in, in what is called irrevocable, meaning that it's locked in, meaning you can't make the changes. Sometimes that's when the actual person that makes the trust dies. Um, then it'll essentially then be passed along to uh, the beneficiaries. Okay. So and you then- can put a business in a trust, you know, to basically benefit your kids should you die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's essentially helping to manage your, your business so nobody don't buy it out or something like that. And how does that protect you legally? Or does it protect you legally? Putting a business uh, in a trust is that a, is there a benefit to it? As far as legally, no, because then it, again, it only goes after the assets in your business. So as far as legally being sued, if you're asking that, no, it doesn't really um, change it. It just again, um, you know, you they can't come after you personally. Okay, great, which is good. Yeah, and yeah. and and I actually would like to to break that piece down, and then we can go ahead and transition over to taxes. Um, why would somebody want to to protect their business? Like, why is that so important? Their business? Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, you know, like you put your blood, sweat and tears in it, you know. Um, so a lot of people would naturally want to protect their businesses. Um, a lot of time they want to protect it from, you know, people coming to try to buy them out. Um, 
protect protect them from family um, or steer the business to a certain family member. Um, so there, there's always uh, benefits to, you know, trying to, um, you know, uh, plan, um, you know, uh, especially for the future um, to uh, protect yourself and to protect your business. Okay. And thank you for that, man. Thank you for that. So I want to transition over to taxes. So we just broke down business structures and that whole, that whole deal. So the first question I have as far as taxes, how can someone reduce their tax bill? That's Um, a, that's everybody wants to know. How can I pay less taxes? Um, again, it goes back to education, man. Um, because there's a lot of expenses that a lot of people just leave on the table. Um, you know, whether it's like meals, um, um, one, one of them is buying furniture. Um, a lot of people don't, don't take their mileage, you know? Um, so it just, again, education, um, because there's a lot of expenses, um, that you can, um, you know, um, um, utilize and, and use, um, to lower your income that a lot of people don't use. So what are some of just in general, what are typically things that you can add, you know, to your tax deductions? Yeah. Like I said, mileage, um, purchase it. You can, you can get, uh, uh, your meals, um, as an expense. Um, you can definitely get, um, what's another rent. So a lot of people, they don't know if, if you working out of your home, right. So a lot and a lot of people and a lot of people do mm-hmm. and a lot of people got offices like we're in right now. Right. Um, you can actually since this is your dedicated office space, um, you can actually um, expense uh, a portion of your rent, your lights, um, your phone bills. Um, you know, if you have homeowner insurance, you can expense some of that. Um, and, and you know, use that expense. So a lot of people don't know that stuff. If you actually renting. Uh, location you can you know that's an expense that you can actually uh you know um have go uh, towards your taxes and and reduce your income um so a lot of people just don't know about that stuff yeah and, and a lot of people is <laughs> you know when you start working for yourself you start looking for like okay what mm-hmm. can i claim or what can i put on my taxes to to make sure that like yeah. i keep that number as low as possible yeah. um as far as uh, deductions. What kind of deductions can entrepreneurs qualify for, or even people that work from home? Yeah. Um, as far as deductions, um, there's a lot of deductions. Like I said, there's. I, I know we're going to probably get into standard deduction and itemized deduction. So there's a difference between expenses and deductions, right? Um, so there's there are the expenses is what it, when you have a business that that basically uh, um, you know uh, reduce your income in the business. Um, as far as deductions, that reduces your tax income. Um, so that is um, so your medical bills, um, itemized deductions. Um, what else? Um, homeowner, uh, your property insurance um, or your um, um, your uh, property taxes, that's itemized deductions. And then as far as standard deduction, that is, you know, an actual um, standard number that the IRS have come up with each year it rises um, that once you, you know, calculate your income, that that standard deduction, you know, is a standard number that deducts from your income to, you know, reduce your uh, tax uh, liability. Okay. Um, Another thing I wanted to circle back to was interest. So one of the things that a lot of people may not be aware of is you can actually claim interest 
on what credit cards, yeah. um, your business credit card. Like, let's say you work out of your home mortgage, so you can't claim your mortgage, but you can claim the interest that you've paid on your mortgage. As not the whole amount, but no, again, <laughs> depending on the size of your office, you can deduct that amount. So, say if your office is a hundred square feet and your your uh, house is a thousand, right? And then your interest again is a hundred dollars, then you can deduct. Um, or expense ten dollars out of that, so ten percent because your house, well, your office is ten percent of your house, so um, you you can do that portion. Um, but as far as you know, um, loans, um, you can you can actually uh, expense the uh, interest, even business um, loans, business loans, even personal loans that are used for business purposes. You still can um, you can uh, deduct. That, uh, you know, the interest uh, as an expense. Okay. And I wanted to break that down because a lot of people are not aware that they can, you know, utilize that stuff. And again, it goes back to education. Education, right. I learned that. That's not something that I learned in the the, the tax book. That's something I just Googled. I was like, hey, can you deduct more, you know, and the different type of stuff. Um, So that was just something you... Especially being a tax attorney, you can't know everything. So you just go to Google and then I go to the tax... uh, you know, statutes, but uh, essentially you just Google it. So that was something that I did. You know, uh, can you say that? Can you say that again? You just do what? Google it first. It's basic. It's super. Sim- you yeah. know what? A lot of, I think a lot of people, ta- nobody, everybody hate taxes. Like yeah. that's, that's just facts. But one of the things that I, I feel like, especially for a lot of small business owners, they think that taxes are, are not in English. They, they, the, the taxes, the laws and the explanations, they're in English and they really aren't hard to understand. You take a little bit of time. I mean, you can go to YouTube University and just watch a 10 minute video on yeah. what taxes you can, um, yeah. you know, deduct. Yeah. You can listen to this podcast. You can also <laughs> shameless plug, share it with somebody who, you know, is a small business owner that needs this type of information. Mm. So as far as um, tax credits and tax deductions, which is better on that front? Uh, they both help you, of course, right? They, so they both reduce your taxes. However, um, um, uh, a tax credit, it reduces your taxes, so the taxes that you owe, dollar by dollar. So it reduces your the taxes that you owe, you know, dollar for dollar. So say if you owe $3,000 and you get a $2,500 credit, that's going to reduce your taxes to... $500, right? Um, conversely, um, a tax deduction, that reduces your taxable income. So it only lowers your income, but it might not, you know, it, it most likely it will not lower your tax uh, that you are liable um, for by that much. Okay. That makes sense. So a credit, you know, generally is better. Okay. So can you deduct medical expenses? You can, but unless you have a significant amount of medical expenses, um, it will not really benefit you. Um, I say that because medical um, um, bills fall under the itemized deduction. And like I said, 90% of the people who file their taxes don't use the itemized deduction because their you know, um, amount, so the bill, medical bills, the home, you know, property taxes, it doesn't rise to the level that it exceeds the standard deduction. So, you know, if, if it doesn't, then you basically take the standard deduction. So you can use it, but unless 
is a significant medical bill or um, you accumulated accumulated a lot of um, you know medical bills over the year, um, nine times out of 10, you're not going to use it. Okay. So how can people stay up to date with, you know, different tax laws and the changes? You know, what's some good resources for people? Um, the IRS.gov. Okay. <laughs> they, they put out a lot of summaries. Um, I know a lot of the major, um, you know, news outlets. Um, so I would say like the New York Times stuff online, they, you know, they put out, you know, summaries of the new tax law. Um, those are, you know, again, good resources um, that, uh, you know, I go to myself, especially IRS, because they, they they're the ones that make changes every year. So I just go there and then they just summarize it. And then, um, you know, or you can just go ahead and look at the new law, the statutes, if you are a nerd <laughs> like me and like to read it. It's convoluted and complex, but if you like to do it, you can go there. <laughs> um how is each business entity taxed? I know we we briefly touched on it, but I want to go into that in a little bit more detail. So first, as far as sole proprietor, again, you're getting taxed personally. So um, that goes directly to you as a person. You Generally, you get a 1099. So um, you not only have to pay federal taxes, but you have to pay self-employment taxes. A lot of people do not realize. So when you are an employee, I know we're probably going off on something, but when you are an employee, um, you know, you pay half um, Social Security and Medicare and the, your actual employer pay the other half. Um, but when you are a sole proprietor, you know, you're not you, you have to essentially pay both. Um, so that's that's essentially what self-employment tax is, because you're not paying the government, the, you know, Medicaid and, and Social Security. So a lot of people that, you know, when they ask me to help them do their taxes, they're very surprised that they get hit with this, you know, foreign tax. But it's, it's essentially self-employment tax because you're self-employed. Uh, secondly is the LLC. Um, if you are a single member LLC, um, generally, again, you basically tax like a sole proprietor. Um, it'll go on your personal taxes. Um, um, and essentially, when you do your taxes, there's something called a Schedule C. And that's where you put, you know, if it's the LLC, you put the name and then that's where you put your income and then your um, expenses and deductions. Um, and then again, that, that goes on your personal taxes. Next is the C-Corp. Um, as far as C-Corp, again, I told you that's double taxation. So it starts off with you doing your uh, corporate uh, tax report, tax return. And then um, should the corporation, you know, provide uh, dividends or some other compensations to the shareholders, they are, um, you know, uh, taxed as well. So that's why it's called double taxation. Um, as far as a C, uh, S Corp, um, they are, again, not the past, what is called a pass through corporation. Um, again, the um, um, income and the uh, expenses and, you know, the profits uh, go directly to the shareholders. So that goes on your personal taxes. So, um, like I said, the uh, the uh, income, um, the expenses and then lastly, a partnership, you know, that, that goes on your personal taxes. And that's generally um, um, your um, percentage of income and expenses is generally allocated to the percentage of ownership you have in a partnership. So say if, you know, you have a profit of $100, but you own 60%. So then 60% of the profit will go to you, the 40 will go to the other partner. So 
Okay. That's how, that's how it is. And it'll go on your personal taxes. So what if someone can't afford the amount of taxes that they owe? So let's say they do their taxes and they come back and say, well, you know, this year you you did this, this, and this, you owe $5,000. let us say you can't afford that as a business. Mm-hmm. Are there any resources to help them with the IRS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, resources. First one is if you can't pay it right then, right, you can do what is called a payment plan. A lot of people don't know about that, um, where you can either, you know, pay it yourself monthly. You know, so you personally pay them each month or you can get it, you know, automatically, you know, uh, withdrawn out of your account. Um, so that's the first one. The second one then is to um, it's called an offering compromise. So if the amount is so much um, that you cannot pay it personally, then you would have to, you know, do an offering compromise, which essentially telling the IRS that you cannot pay it. And uh, they get very um, invasive. <laughs> so they, they want to know all your assets, see what's in all of your um, uh, uh, bank accounts and stuff to see if you actually can pay it. And they do a, this very basic uh, calculation. And based on that, based off that, then they'll let you know if they will accept your offering compromise or not. Um, other than that, then, um, yeah, you kind of out of luck. You got to pay them taxes. <laughs> and typically if you're, if you owe that money, there's something you could do in your business to prepare and plan. And yeah. we talked about that lack yeah. of planning. You got to plan for taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, how much just this rule of thumb, how much would you say somebody should put aside for taxes? I always tell them at least 20%. So especially if you are LLC, because LLCs and partnership that, again, you get hit with the self-employment taxes. So I tell people to, you know, do 20 to 25 percent. I know that's rough, but um, if you are owning your own business, again, you're going to be hit with, you know, additional taxes um, because you are running your business. So um, I always tell them, you know, at least 20 percent, because generally um, at the end of the day, when you have to file your taxes, you only have to pay a little bit. Okay. If, and if any. Okay. And um, the last question on taxes, just can you give us some of your best practices for helping people manage their taxes? Like how to keep up with them? Because obviously, even for myself, man, like sometimes it gets a little annoying to have to like, you got to go do figure out who, what, where this went, where that went, where this went, where that went. So obviously, you know, there are ways and things that, that can help people. So yeah. can you give us some of that? Uh, the first thing is to keep all your receipts. I repeat, keep all your receipts because, you know, you have to corroborate, you know, um, your expenses, you know, that you're claiming. Um, so a lot of people, I'm like, hey, where's all your stuff? And then they want to try to guess. But me being a tax attorney, I can't take your guess. Right. Especially um, because I got to cover my own. Um, you know what? So the first thing is keeping your receipts and, you know, there's a lot of apps and stuff that you don't have to keep them physically. Um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of technology these days. So that's the first one, keeping your receipts. Secondly, you probably want to either utilize a third party service, you know, someone personally or something like that, that do taxes and stuff to handle your stuff. I know a lot of business owners, you know, uh, you know, you only working with them uh, you know, only like two or three times out of the year. So it's not that much money. Um, you can do that. That's another option. Or you can do, um, you know, one of them online options as far as like Intuit. So um, uh, what is that program? TurboTax, I think. Uh, another one. TurboTax, but it's um, for all of your um, paying people um, 
QuickBooks. Uh, QuickBooks. QuickBooks. So yeah. QuickBooks is a very, very good um, um, application yeah. that you can it, it handles all your stuff. You just have to input. So um, that that's another option. So those are three three uh, good options. Um, third party. Well, I think that was only two. So uh, third party or um, QuickBooks. Um, and then the, the last one was just keep your receipts because you need to, you know, keep all your receipts so they help you. Okay. But a lot of people, they want, they, they, number, number one, they don't keep receipts. And number two, if they do keep receipts, then it's all over everywhere. And mm-hmm. then they're scrambling last minute. And that's very stressful. Um, so, and, and I want to put a pin in that because explain what happens if somebody submits their taxes and then the, the IRS says, well, now you have to get audited. Like, what is that process? You know, is because I know some people may have gone through that or why would somebody have to get audited? Can you just break down that? Yeah. Um, it's very, very difficult to explain why people get audited, but mm-hmm. they do have a system where just if something is right, uh, wrong or something that, that doesn't. Um, like red flags. Red flags, essentially. So what, was, so what would be a red flag for the IRS to pull your cord? Be like, <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all might be what tripping. I sometimes people they would have an exorbitant amount of expenses. So say if you know they put their income. Not to say when you start your business, you do not you know uh, incur a lot of expenses. But just say if someone say, oh, I only got ten thousand dollars this year um, in income. But my expense is like half a million dollars, but they don't have no no, no proof of them having a right. loan or anything of that type. Of, that's a red flag because now you know you're getting that that uh, benefit of a negative you know four hundred ninety thousand dollars that now you can you know reduce your taxes. So those are big red flags, just like those you know those numbers that seem a little off. Um, and you know, they have some kind of little program or something like that. But, um, in other words, don't lie on your damn taxes. Don't lie on your taxes, please. (laughs) All right. So now I want to shift over to the Econics 10 and I'll let you get out of here. So, and and I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for breaking down, um, business structures and just taxes in general. Cause Mm -hmm. a lot of people do not like talking about taxes and a lot of people don't understand like what business entity should they choose for Mm -hmm. their business. Mm -hmm. So, now we're going to move on to the Econics 10. And the first question is, what would you title this chapter in your life? Going up the mountain hill. <laughs> <laughs> I was grinding, man. I feel it, bro. I feel it. Time. I feel it. And number two, what superpower would you have? Ooh, superpower. And you didn't hit me with the powwow. Mm-hmm. Um... I would say super strength, man. I feel that. Yeah. I just want to hit somebody and just make them go like a whole <laughs> half across the earth. Man, you don't have these people on <laughs> here like like the boys. You ever, yeah, I know you watch the boys. The boys. Oh, you know, my God. Boys, man. Yeah, sometimes, you know, somebody just man, cut me off. Don't walk into the street. Grab them and just slang their car. I just slam. <laughs> I'm playing, y'all. I do something. I go to Africa and then, you know, I just pick up. Stuff for pick up rocks, just, pick just up throw rocks them in the space. You no, know, not not the throw them in the space. I just <laughs> I go help out, out out the needy, man. I ain't mad at it, bro. I ain't mad at it. Um, number three, what would you invest in right now if money was not an issue? My health more. Just to be honest, yeah, that's real. That's, the one thing that's real. A lot of people don't, um, you know, put as a priority um, because. 
you know, you're only as good as you are, you know, at that current time. Um, so a lot of people, they try to work so hard and stuff like that and don't put as much work in their body and then wonder why, you know, they're burnt out and, you know, just exhausted and then they just, they fizzled out. So you always need to put your health first. Thank you for that. And number four, if you weren't a lawyer, what would your other profession be? A doctor. This dude. <laughs> I still think not, man. For real? Yeah, man. That's crazy. Look, you crazy. I didn't want to be a pediatrician. So no if somebody way. told me about if I can be a traveling doctor, I, man, I'll, shoot, I'll be over there in Sri Lanka right now. <laughs> Living it up. Number five, five dinner guests, dead or alive, who's coming? Mm, of course, Martin Luther King, my frat brother. Um, Obama, Jesus, put him at three, bro. Yo, Jesus, slide up three in here. What's up, boy? Jesus? Um, who else? Hey, shout out to Jesus, man. Y'all, <laughs> hey, For real. Uh, uh Rosa Parks, number four, and then probably like my great, 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 great granddaddy, so I can see where I come from. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Number six, your celebrity crush. It was always Jessica Alba, man. When I was she a baddie. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Alba, a baddie. Um, number seven. Number seven, something that the average person would not know about you. I'm very introverted. A lot of people don't know about know that about me. Um, I might see it outgoing and stuff like that, but I'm I'm just a person that like to do work and go home. That's about it. But yeah. You know, it just my line of work called me to be out there in the public. So <laughs> I do what I'm called to do. I ain't mad at it. Number eight, what is your favorite productivity hack? So how do you get things done? Like what's something that you do on a normal to get things done? Uh play some uh, really good gangster music and get into my <laughs> office and close the door and have the lights off. Oh, you tell me I'll be a little, um, that's real. A vampire, bro. That's real, bro. Like, I, you know I like my music, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I do, man. I ain't mad at that. Number nine, name three most influential people in your life. My mom, my grandma, and then you, of course, my brother. Oh, no, don't do that. Come on, bro. Nah, don't put me up there. What you mean? That's why I'm here. Could you influence my life? Man? <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, number 10, PB&J or a PB&J. I can eat that every day. Nah, man. I love PB&Js. I love grilled cheese, but man, PB&J is good. Yep. PB&Js are fire. So the last question I have for you um, is, is very simple. What advice can you give to any aspiring lawyer um, what can you tell them? And I know that's something that we didn't we didn't plan on talking about, but you know there are a lot of people out here, a lot of a lot of um, younger people who listen to the podcast who are you know in college. So what's some so what's some advice you can give them just about law school? You know the myths, the um, you know the truths. Yeah. Break it down. Um, my advice, man, is just to um, stay true to yourself. Um, there's a lot of stuff that go on in, in law school, believe it or not. Um, it's just like a big version of high school. So I always tell people to stay true to yourself and you can get lost because um, it, it's very hard, man. Um, you up all night reading cases and stuff, especially your first semester. 
Um, it's basically like they drop you in China and tell you, oh, you need to learn Mandarin in, in basically four months. You're like, wait, what? What am I doing? Um, so always be willing to ask questions, you know, even if you don't know what to ask, just ask, man. Uh, that was always me. Um, I always just raise my head and I was like, I know this is a stupid question, but, you know, because again, your goal as an attorney is to try to explain something to you know, the the most youngest person in the room. So if you can explain it to a three-year-old child and they get it, um, then you did your job. Um, so I would just tell people, you know, ask questions because a lot of people, you know, they just stay quiet. And then by the end of the day, you know, when it's time to take this exam, then they have all these questions and stuff like that. Or they don't have, you know, they don't ask at all and they end up going to practice and that can be, you know, very uh, detrimental um, to your clients. So I always ask questions. Um, another thing is, again, plan. Um, planning, I, I can't stress that enough um, because a lot of people just go and just try to wing it. And in law school, you, you can't do that. You got to be very disciplined. Um, it, it, it's, it's very grueling. It's a lot of work, but it's what, uh, very rewarding. Um, so that would be the, the top three things I would, I would uh, you know, advise an, an aspiring uh, law student who wants to be an attorney. And the last question I have is tell everybody how they can find you, where to follow you if they want to, you know, reach out to you for any businesses, any business um, consultations. How can we get how can we get in touch with you? Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, it's Antonio Dowles at Antonio Dowles. Um, you can hit me up um, email. So that's a dowels at dowelslaw.com. That's D O W L E S for yeah. those of y'all. It's E L S actually. Oh, um, my bad. Yeah, all right. It's everybody make that mistake. So D O W E L S. Dyslexic, bro. <laughs> um, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, you can you can call me. Uh, my my business number is eight one three three zero zero one three five zero. Um, and yeah, those are the ways you can get get at me. All right. And guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We are out. Y'all have a good one. Like, share, subscribe. Peace. Peace.